0: So, Rowdy, you had posed a question to RJ before we got on air here. It was, well, two of them actually. It was, RJ, did you watch last night? RJ, you said yes. Correct. And then, Rowdy, what was the question you posed to RJ after that? It was runners on first and second. Okay, <laughs> deep breath. <laughs> deep breath, Rowdy. Rowdy's very I think angry we're just today. just moving on? Just next time. Rowdy's, <laughs> now, Rowdy's usually angry, yes. But today, he is very angry. angry. Like, this is not the angriest I've seen him, but it's close. It's up
1: there. It's up
0: there. I don't get. The question you posed to RJ.
1: I think he's about to explain it. Okay.
2: I asked RJ, I don't understand how you can have the approaches at the plate with runners either on base or in scoring position the same effing way every effing time. Nice and it never ever works. Look at the Milwaukee Brewers. Look at it; they're not scoring runs. Look at it. Look at it.
0: Yeah, they stink. This baseball sucks. This baseball is the worst kind of baseball ever. This is what has happened to professional baseball. What has happened to baseball in general? The She Gone movement okay, so has ruined it.
2: I actually watched Moneyball on Saturday night because it was on IFC, and I'm like, oh, I'm not don't have a whole lot going on. We want
0: him because why, Rowdy?
1: He gets yeah. on base.
2: Well, if you, Thank you. <laughs> watch that movie and you realize why they went with the analytics and, and the, the route that they went mm-hmm. was because Billy Bean and the Oakland Athletics were a, a small city, a, a small ball. It was it was the one of the smallest franchises in Major League Baseball with the least amount of money. Yeah. So they couldn't. And Billy Bean and his crew were good at what they did, evaluating talent, using scouts and their eyes, but they realized for how good that they really were, they were still making it to the playoffs every year with hardly any money, but they couldn't get over the hump, and he was tired of not being able to get over the hump, so he decided to go with that, which was completely out of left field because... Pun intended. It was a... a theory that they were going to use that could potentially be so much different mm-hmm. and, and such a baseball changing thing that if it worked, which according to the theories is is it would, mm-hmm. then they could change baseball and give these smaller market teams a, a chance. chance. Well, here's the thing. at that time, before that, every single team was doing it, you know, with scouts and and by the eye. And the the film where they had like a, yeah, they had you a know the feeling. old projector films yeah, it, or
1: or all the old school stuff, <laughs> like right? The dude, have you seen his girlfriend?
0: No self confidence. No self confidence. <laughs> like it's like Ted Thompson was like loved how they did it. You you just grinded tape. You yeah. sat there and you grinded and it, it's tape. It's the
2: old school way. They brought in tape, a new tape, school tape, 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 tape. because they needed a new approach because they couldn't win at the old school way. They could be competitive, but they couldn't win. So that was why they they switched it up and went with something different. It was that chance to get over the hump and now that everyone in baseball seems to be going towards this analytic driven statistic driven way now even the yankees are using it to an extent but they still have the money so they can still (laughs) pay for the best guys that fit that mold yes (laughs) which
0: they can find the best guys because they can afford the best guys what i'm
2: getting at is now that everyone is now changed to analytics and statistics and using them in algorithms and how they how they assess players now you're all still looking at the same amount of, of players in the same pools, but the Yankees can still afford the better ones that because the, the can't because they have the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They once again need to get away from that and to switch it up to something different. So that's because that's how you're going to get that
0: edge. So, Rowdy, now you see guys going like exit velocity, launch angle, all of these extra analytics, and they're like, Well, we gotta be the next guy. We gotta be the next Billy Bean to find the next number to get these guys in here to get an edge up on the guys of the high. Higher, you know the bigger pockets. I feel books. like they're not. But, well, they're not because they're now. It's your. It's it's you're It's God. I hate to say. Everyone this. is. Con- say everyone this right is. Con- oh. Paralysis by analysis. By over analysis. Oh. They're wow. all conforming to, to the and analytics analysis. and statistics. They're over. They're like getting in their own heads, Rowdy. To the point where it's like we got to be the next. We got to find the next thing. What's the next random analytic we can get to help us do something? And then you're just literally hurting baseball. It's Walk like okay, rate. how long does it take to get from the? It's like well, this guy's this guy's plane. this guy's exit velocity and launch angle is this this this, so he should be able to do this, and then he just goes and strikes out.
2: Yeah. Now now everyone is or conformed. Pop flies. Yeah. Everyone is conformed to the statistics and analytics, but now nobody's looking for that edge, and it, it's come down to who's got the best money to get the best players, and we're seeing now the Brewers, who. <laughs> If your goal is to get on is is first to get on base and then to hit, the Brewers aren't getting on base or hitting because yeah, they're st- they're just striking they're, out. They're, they're statistically out. one of the worst teams in batting average. They're 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 in the bottom two for batting average. They're in the bottom three for on base percentage. And when guys are on base, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb because I don't know for sure, but I'm going to say they're probably one of the worst teams when it comes
1: to hitting with runners in scoring position. Oh, has to mean, be. I mean, they were at, like, almost at 100 earlier in the month. It can't be much better.
0: Well, Rowdy, okay, the Brewers (laughs) were 1-for-10 of runners in scoring position last night. They have scored two runs in their last 22 innings, and you know how those runs came? One was a Travis Shaw home run, and the other one was a home run last night from the starting pitcher Eric Lauer. In what universe are we talking about the runs coming by starting pitchers in the NL. The Brewers have three pitchers now with two or less home runs. All right, or two or one. Adrian Hauser has more home runs than Christian Yelich. Adrian Hauser has more home runs than Kesten Hira. Adrian Hauser has one less home run than Daniel Vogelback. How many does Lorenzo Cain have this year? I, I think he's there. got like three. If then, if that's the case, then Adrian Hauser has one less. Than Lorenzo Kane. Yes, he has three. My God. The Brewers, three of the Brewers starting pitchers have more home runs combined than Low Kane or Daniel Vogelback or Kasten Hira and Christian Yelich combined.
1: That's okay. I mean that's well, not that bad. Just <laughs> it's <laughs> insane. Just look so we're talking about
2: how bad the Brewers are. We'll flip mm. that and look at the team that they're playing. The San Diego Padres. Slam Diego, that was their nickname they got last year because they yep. hit all these home runs and they were a big hitting team. Ah, but if you if you watch this series and you, you've watched the first three games of it, would you say that the Padres are a big home run hitting team? Now, granted, the Brewers starting pitching has been really good this whole season. right? But would you say that the Padres have just been winning this series
0: in these games no. on clubbing home runs? Mm-mm, no, because no. they've
2: hardly hit any. No. But if you look Wasn't at... Wasn't it s- two
0: games ago, Rowdy? Then they win by... They stole six bases and they manufactured runs? And, and that's they exactly seven to one? where I'm yeah. going. Sorry. When
2: you look at San Diego... Okay. We still like you. You look at uh, their batting average. They're a top-ten team when it comes to to batting average in baseball. They're... Yes, a top five team when you look at hitting home runs. But guess what? They haven't hit any home runs this series. What are they? I think they have one. One,
0: And that was in the One
2: in three games, and they lost that game.
0: Mm -hmm. One.
2: But guess where else San Diego is number one in the league at? Stealing Stealing bases. bases. Holy man. So so you're telling me when they can't hit home runs, they can still hit the baseball. And when they do get on base, they can steal bases. Correct. And put pressure on the defense. Yep. Who would have thought that a well-rounded offense actually means you're a good team, not just hitting home runs?
0: Do you think David Stearns, Craig Council, and uh, the overseer, Mark Adonazio, think that? No. That was a rhetorical question. They don't. Oh. They don't. <laughs> All right, here's what we're going to do. Gonna. Uh, I was going to say take a cold shower. No, we're going to get even hotter. <laughs> if I were Council, I'd pull my bottom lip over my head and swallow. That's, I've never heard that before. Us. <laughs> pretty good one you've never heard that before? i i know like maybe i have i just never like you know retained the information but that was that was a good one uh jd and msn says how anyone can watch today's major league baseball is beyond me i feel sorry for the younger generations that don't know any better even david Syme would agree that's dave from monona he's blind <laughs>
2: and i and i'm being dead serious when i say watching this milwaukee brewers baseball team is bad for your health that's why it's you gotta just listen to it on bad the radio for your health
0: i you just have to listen to it on the radio here and. uh 96.7 FM and 1670 AM, the zone. Call letters are? W O Z N. Thank you, Rowdy. So, Craig Council last night has some comments after the game.
2: If they keep playing like this, we might have to change our uh,
0: call letters. To what? T U R D. You are done. That?
3: The Turds.
0: Oh, the Turds. Nice, Rowdy. <laughs> the Turds.
2: I know that doesn't work like that. T U R D. Oh, did you say the
0: T in there? Yeah. You gotta T-U- be yeah. I said T U R D. Oh T U R D. You got to be a W or a K. W T R D. Yeah W T R D. The The turd. turd. (laughs) Home of the (laughs) mock booers. All right, Craig Council. After the game, he had this to say: Take a listen. Yeah,
4: I mean, there were there was uh, there was there was more in there too, and and it was it just felt like we had a lid on it. They made some great defensive plays, um, so give them credit for that. Um, You know the play by. Cronenworth in the in the 10th was, that's uh, an incredible play. Um,
0: Rowdy? I'd had to pause, Craig, because you started clenching your fist and I saw steam starting to come out of the oh, ears. Oh, that's
2: an incredible play.
0: Yeah, it was a, I'll say
2: it was a nice play getting to the baseball, but here's the thing it wasn't that great of a play because your runner, Keston here on third, completely effed it up. He's he the reason why he was out. Cronenworth, yeah, he made the play. Like he gloved the baseball like you're supposed to. And obviously in that situation, whenever you make that play, first first place you're looking is to come home. But if it's not there, bring him It's home. not there.
0: Bring him yeah. home. Rody. It was there because of Keston Hera and yep. his terrible base running. It was very bad. All right, here's more from Craig. You
4: no, know, that's probably the game right there, really. It's it's that's the type of play that change just changes the outcome of the game. So they uh, they 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 played great defense and they uh, made plays and and caught everything we hit. Craig, do you think
2: Keston... did Kesting get caught a little in between on that play at all? It didn't necessarily look full speed.
4: Well, I think what happened. I think he got he had to just his momentum got stopped because of the you know nature. You don't want to get doubled off on a if he catches that ball in the air. It wasn't like a pure ground ball. Um, so I, I think it. I think his momentum just got stopped enough. Where um, I mean,
0: he, I'm gonna stop that. I just I was just rewatching Keston Hira here. He was dead to rights yeah. because he was like fumbling around on the base.
2: If yep. you look, if you go back and watch, I know you can find different angles, but if you go back and watch Kest on that play, Keston Hira, if you're not gonna blame Keston Hira because he's on third, he's on third. You have to blame the third base coach mm-hmm. because he's the one that obviously. If it's not on Cestahira, it's got to be on the third base coach. But Craig Council won't blame his player and won't blame his coach, so he'll say that Cronenworth made a great play.
4: You don't get that great jump. But, you know, he's got to go. You know, he has to go. If he doesn't go, it's a it's double play. It's not a force out.
5: Just the way Eric Lauer pitched tonight, and particularly the way he kind of responded even after the homer, no signs of letdown, just what you saw from him out there.
4: Oh, he pitched. He pitched wonderful. I mean, I, I thought. Here, stop he
0: was, me if you've heard this before. The Milwaukee Brewers get a dominant performance from their starting pitcher just for their offense to stop. be the WTRD. The turn. I've heard it. All right. Oh, and <laughs> sorry.
2: And what when Craig Council's talking about? He had to go there. He really didn't have to go there. No. The thing is, in that situation, all
0: right. We have a question, Rowdy, if uh, from the King, your buddy. He says, what should he have done? if Nelson's the third base coach? Then what would he have done? Well, I'm telling him. If if, our, if the play's on where any contact on the infield, you're going home,
2: mm-hmm. your ass is going home. Yeah, you're not, not sitting hesitation. there hesitating and kind of, <laughs> of taking a, At that point when you hesitated like that. You're done. And, and he made the play that he made, Cronenworth mm-hmm. that is. You might as well almost just hang out at third. Yeah. Because if you're not going right away, he's looking up and his... As you know this in Little League, when you come up and you make that play, first place you're looking at is if the runner's going home and if you have a play on them. Because of how this, you were up by one, it's extra innings in that type of situation. When you field that ball, your first look is to go home and if you can make the play there. It it was there because Keston Hira
0: paused. Rowdy, the moment you hesitate, the moment, that's the moment you are done. Now. There were zero outs at that point, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, so you had... A, there were zero outs. There were runners, runners on, on the corners.
1: Okay. So he keeps talking about the double play. If that's caught, that's easily a triple play because your guy on first was already at
0: second, basically.
1: Yeah. So, I mean... Cronenworth was looking right at home. He was, yeah. He was, he was he not made, worried. He made a
0: sick play, and he was
1: looking right at home. He was not worried about the runner going to second. Nope. didn't even, Didn't even bother. Now, if he... If that's like more of a liner like Craig Council is explaining it was, I don't... Was it that close? No. Well, it was yeah. a shot, dude. Yeah. But it wasn't like a liner that he could have picked off the ground. No. It no. was a screamer. Yeah.
0: It was a screamer. Um, He laid out in the dirt, got So it.
1: he's talking about the double play. I'd be w- more worried about the triple play if everybody's going, you know, and the inning ending that way. But, Yeah. Keston Hero was jogging in. He was jogging. He was out by like foot. He was oh, by out by like ten feet. What, what else are you supposed to do? You can fake the run home and, and then just go back in. to third. You have bases loaded with zero outs. Yep. Well, they were gonna get an out. It was where were they going yeah. to get the yeah. out at?
0: And they got Keston Hero who was just lollygagging. And they, they decided. But,
1: but you know what I'm saying? Like he could have started down the line to force the throw home and gone
0: back to third. All right, I want to get I want to get more comments here from counsel. Yeah, Rowdy, finish my, my
2: last thought here is if you're not a hundred percent going on contact mm-hmm. like it was there, because he should have been busting his ass home right away. Yeah, if that was the play, which the third base coach should have been relaying that to him in that situation. Obviously, I don't know what went down between the third base coach and Kestenhiro, but obviously they weren't on the same page because it looked like. For first contact, they were going, or at least that's what Craig Council made it sound like. Kessan Hero didn't look like that. One, he paused, and two, let's talk about the horse crap lead that he had off third base. He literally
1: could have reached and touched first
2: base from where he was at.
1: (laughs) What kind of a lead is that? All right, better question: Was the catcher blocking the plate? Because honestly, I like I said, I listened on
2: the radio. He didn't even slide. The only way there was even a chance that he get in there is if he comes in with a hook slide. Okay, so he He didn't even try. All
0: right, so. He is not blocking the plate. He jumps. The catcher jumps in the air to get the ball from Cronenworth. It's piss poor effort from Keston Castan Hira is not even sliding. Doesn't even think about sliding. He's jogging into home plate, yeah. home, and he doesn't even slide. He just kind of like walks into the catcher. All right, here is more from Council. I think he was talking about Eric Lauer.
4: Kind of getting better as the game was going. Really, um, stuff got better. He struggled with his command a little bit in the first, you know, really the first two hitters, and then he he just got it going and. Um, no, pitched, pitched a wonderful game.
0: And he hit a dinger. Yeah.
1: I mean... Really? But, oh. It's, anyone? Hang on. Euler? Craig,
4: the oh. uh, ninth inning when you have two on and no outs, next guy pops up, next guy strikes out. I mean, those are the situations that <laughs> really hurt this offense all the year, right?
0: Did you hear that sigh from Craig Council? Let me just rewind that a little bit here. ...that really hurt
4: this offense all the year, right? Nope. Um, Next
0: guy pops right, up sorry, Homer,
4: here. here. Here it is. Sorry, quick. The yeah, main thing when yeah, you have two on and no outs. Next guy pops <laughs> up. Next guy strikes out. I mean, those are the situations right that in. really hurt
6: this offense all year, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can get him over. Yeah.
4: Deject- no, we we deject- you know dejected. we had um, you know we had some empty at bats there for sure. Um, you know Keston had one earlier and the, the with the pop-up um with the man on second nobody out too so it's yeah. those are um you, you know just you know action there um we needed it and didn't get it so that that is that that is limiting for sure um and it's just a it's a you know message that it's the, the lineup is sequential and it has to be every out has to be, you know, a, a really hard one to get. Um, otherwise, it makes it hard to score. All
0: well, right, there's one, there's one more question. The hitting philosophy
4: makes it hard to score,
5: Craig. Second time you faced Paddock, um, you've been on a little bit of a roll. What have you noticed different about him this time out?
4: Well, I, I thought we swung the bats good, I thought we hit a bunch of balls hard, I thought there's a bunch of near misses on balls. So, I, I you know, I I, um, you know, it it was, there was low, it was a low pitch count. Um,
0: and that's it. uh, Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. True. Not in baseball. I was pleased with the way we swung the bat. Well, you had five hits and, uh, one of the hits was a home run from your starting pitcher who now has as many home runs as Christian Yelich, Keston Hero. Yeah.
2: Every single one of his responses were, um, uh, uh,
0: yeah. We I, see his hair. He, you know, um, he looks like he um, just got out of bad Because and he, couldn't he doesn't well. have anything to say. <laughs> well, yeah. What he's going to say? Like, yeah, we sucked. We already know that. All right. So, Rowdy, Maybe I like that's your. That's what it takes. Tell them they absolutely are terrible.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, watch you can the film, only, you can can only
2: defend people themselves.
1: for so long. Yeah. So, I mean, we're getting to the point where. It's turning into the, the Packers not getting rid of a special teams coordinator soon enough. <laughs> take And take your pick on, like, whatever special teams
0: coordinator you want to. <laughs> and he's not innocent in this. Gregory, we're going to talk about him coming up. Talk about Craig Council coming up. We have a list here to attack. We also got to talk the match, got to talk some Packers. RJ, I got a nice little news of the weird, courtesy of you. What? I, it's an article you sent me two days ago. With oh. a guy who's the mayor, not of Ding Dong City, but of Flavortown. Oh. But Rowdy, on your list, Craig Council, any hitter not carrying their weight, Andy Haynes, David Stearns, pitchers who need to go, analytic nerds. And then I put Charlie on there, but he hasn't called in since. Across oh, somewhere. wow. I want to do analytic nerds next. Because Don, I told Corey from Marshall that I have comments from Craig Council, played them. Then I also said I had comments from Don Manningley. I want to play that coming up. <laughs> All right, twenty eighteen before the Brewers have Andy Haynes, the Brewers as a team were batting two fifty-two, which was twelfth in the majors. Twenty nineteen, the Brewers hire Andy Haynes, then the hitting coach. Then after the season is over, the Brewers team average batting was two forty six. That was twentieth in the league. They dropped off they dropped down eight spots. And then in twenty twenty, the Brewers dropped down six spots to twenty sixth in the league. They're batting two twenty three. And then right now, as of last night and this morning, In 2021, the Brewers are 29th in the league. (laughs) Second to last, batting 209. Yeah. 2018, they were 12th in the league. Andy Haynes is unhired after the 2018 season. The Brewers now are batting 29th in the league. Every year, you could see a drop off each and every year. Drop off, drop off, drop off. Mm -hmm.
2: And like we said, the talent on the roster is better in 2021 than it was in 2020.
0: Yes, and they're worse. They're three spots worse. And so, you can't get wow.
2: much worse. We already talked about the Mariners are last. The Mariners have been no hit twice. Could you imagine where the Brewers would be average-wise
0: if they were no hit twice? Yeah. yeah.
1: Not Runs good. per game has also gone down every
0: year. All right, so before we get to news of the weird, our guy up in Marinette, Pike Slayer 1. What is up, Jake? He says, our hitting woes started the second they released my boy, Eric Thames. Then he says, hit the music, boys. I don't know if I have the music anymore. Eric, I don't know if I have. Jake, if I have his music, let me just check. Oh, my God!
1: I do. Yeah!
0: That was when the Brewers could hit. Remember when Eric Fames literally owned the Cincinnati Reds? He hit a homer every time he was at the bat against the Reds? Yeah, that first month of the season, you were just like, this guy's going to be great. was like, why do they keep pitching to him? I think
1: the better I mean, the crack. better
2: uh, point here for Thames in related Derek Thames is how about do you remember when David Stearns would dip into Korea and find actual players? Oh, because we yeah. got to talk
0: about Josh Lindblom coming up because David Stearns dipped into Korea again. Of Josh Lindblom, paid him nine million dollars for three years. I did like the uh, Josh
1: Lindblom just got DFA'd. I did like the sound clip from Craig Council. Hopefully, he'll make it through and we can put him back in the system. I'm like, what? <laughs> What are you talking about? Uh, all right, before news of the weird, I will
2: say this though: Eric Thames hasn't played in 2021, but uh, that 2020 season, it was probably a good thing that they had moved on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rowdy though, before we get back to the Packers and Rob Reichel, David Stearns, the hashtag has always been out there. In Stearns, we trust the pa- or the sorry the Brewers general manager now the Brewers. President of Baseball Operations. In Stearns, we trust. That's always been the mantra. For a while there, you could look at David Stearns and his moves and literally count on one hand of bad things he's done. DFAing Scooter Jeanette, and then what? Bringing in Jonathan Scope. And Stearns actually apologized for bringing in Jonathan Scope. And then, Rowdy, you had mentioned, like, oh, Stearns used to... Remember when he dipped into the Korean League and had had success? You said that, correct?
2: Yeah, we were referencing Eric Eric Thames earlier.
0: Well... The last time uh, we talked about David Stearns, we were kind of talking about some of his moves, like trading Orlando Arcia it seemed a little strange at the time, and then bringing in Willie Adamas, saying maybe you gave up on Luis Urias and some of these other guys that they brought in you know, uh, before the 2020 season who aren't really living up to their sticks of why they were brought in. Well, there was a pitcher that David Stearns brought in who was in the Korean League. In fact, he won the Korean League's MVP, the best player in Korea. That would be Josh Lindblom. The pitcher, David Stearns gave him, what is it, a three-year deal worth $9 million, correct, uh, before the 2020 season? Yep. <laughs> Roddy's already in a tough spot. You, I wish you could see him right now. He is uh, eyes closed, uh, saying serenity now, I think, in his head. Roddy, Josh Lindblom was just DFA'd. They gave him $9 million for three years before the 2020 season. Josh Lindblom was just DFA'd by David Stearns. That is not good, obviously, as our lasting memory of Josh Lindblom was him getting absolutely annihilated. They then sent him down to the minors, and I think he then he came back up, right, and then got annihilated again. Yes,
2: because you remember they had to put him on the IL with, um, I don't think this was the actual injury, but I think it might have been the injury, with neck stiffness from watching the Cubs (laughs) go yard on him at Wrigley every single time. I thought it was water on the knee. Yeah, that's what they said, but I still believe that it was whiplash of the neck. He, like, tweaked his neck. So, Lindblom. Just from the start, though. Obviously, they dipped into Korea. They found Eric Thames. Eric Thames was a serviceable player and at times really good for the Milwaukee Brewers. Dominated the Cincinnati Reds. Over over his Milwaukee Brewer career. Yes. Josh Lindblom, just that signing in general, though, it kind of made you go, huh? Because obviously had success in Korea. He was a guy that, like Thames, had played in the major leagues before, didn't have much success, went over to Korea, was the Korean MVP, and lights out as the starting pitcher. But you look at his age, and it was like, okay, so now you're signing this 32-year-old guy that hasn't pitched in the big leagues in quite some time. And you gave him $9 million. Exactly. $9 million over three years? Like, we're already talking about a guy that was going to be 32 years old Mm -hmm. when when he started with the Brewers and by the end of the contract I mean he was going to be 35 years old going into that last season because he he turns 34 this summer (laughs) like he he's an older guy past his prime of his ability just as a pitcher in general
0: yeah in fact the 34 year old is two and four with a 6.39 ERA in 20 games including 10 starts and I absolutely hate the nonsense nonsense BS
2: that we are fed by Craig Council <laughs> and David Stearns about Josh Lindblom and, and having to DFA him and him going to the minors and all this other
0: stuff. Okay, here, real quick, I'll give you a comment from Craig Council. Craig Council does expect Lindblom to remain with the organization. He also says, quote, Lindblom was a hard worker and a great teammate. What well, hasn't been able to make it work. We just needed more production out of that spot. He's a hard worker, Rowdy, and a great teammate.
2: And then there's the other thing where I know I saw some people on, on Brewers' Twitter that were a little upset because, like, oh, he's such a great teammate and he was such a great guy in the community. He donated back, you know, food and stuff to hey, good food for banks. That's yeah, great exactly. For good for him. But guess what? That doesn't help you win on the field. Because he doesn't help you win on the field. No, he doesn't. And and I can't believe that Craig Council and David Stearns has to give us the lip service of saying, oh, well, we expect him to go down to the the minor leagues and maybe he'll be recalled and, and you'll work through some things. He's a hard worker. Why do you even have to say that? He's garbage. He's not going to say he's he's garbage. garbage. What you know? Why he's going to take the assignment in AAA? Because no one's going to pay him to play big league baseball. But you know who did? You did, David Stearns. You did. You did. That's why he's taking the assignment because he knows if they don't want him in AAA,
0: no one else wants him in AAA. Do you know his WAR this year is minus point six? It's terrible.
2: And that's just, you were ready to move on from this guy and it hasn't even been four months into his playing contract, but yet you signed him for three
0: years. $9 million. Don't forget. All right. Let's go he to the phone. Fo- make ooh, it ooh. four months. Rowdy's inspired today. Let's go to the phones He's before.
2: <laughs> enough with if we care if he's going to take a triple-A assignment. If he doesn't take it, he's not going to be anywhere. Rowdy is lit today.
0: Don Mattingly. Uh, this is comments from last week from the Don, not Barry Alvarez, Mattingly. And I love this, by the way. We have been talking a lot, and I know some callers take a, some kind of offense to it, but the baseball, Major League Baseball now, the philosophy of hit a home run or strikeout out. It's become unwatchable to the point, or it's not unwatchable, but it's getting close where you just want to rip your hair out. And I absolutely hate when
2: I see people that are crying about, oh, well, now they're saying all they want is for people to bunt and they want to play small ball. No, no no one's calling for small ball every single game of every single inning, but there's a time and a place for it. And look no further than the San Diego Padres, who are one of the better teams, not only in the NL, but in baseball, who in this series, we know them as Slam Diego because they hit so many home runs. But at the same time, they've only hit one this series. One. They've stolen a ton of bases, put a ton of pressure on the Milwaukee Brewers defense, Oh, yeah, and I've seen them successfully bunt. So... All in the same series. The, but I've seen a lot of the Brewers swing and miss, strike out, and oh, yeah, by the way, they've only have a couple home runs,
0: and they're losing the games. And it's their pitcher that had the home run, and Travis Shaw. The Brewers, the Brewers, before I play these clips from Don Mandingley, the Brewers are 2-for-22 for scoring uh, in innings. 2-for-22. Those two runs... One was a home run by Travis Shaw. Obviously no men on. A guy that's hitting 200. And the other was last night by Eric Lauer, the starting pitcher. (laughs) In fact, Adrian Hauser, Brewers in the rotation, starting pitcher, has more home runs than Keston Hira and Christian Yelich. Let that sink in. The Brewers' three pitchers, Adrian Hauser has two home runs. Corbin Burns has one home run, and Eric Lauer has one home run this season. That's three, or I'm sorry, that's four. They have more home runs than Lorenzo Kane, than Daniel Vogelback, than Keston Hira and Christian Yelich combined. They're pitchers. They don't hit the ball usually. They're pitchers. And if
2: you heard earlier this morning, I've sworn—we didn't even bet on them, but I've sworn off all Milwaukee Brewer bets because I can't, in good faith, tell anybody to put their money on this offense at all. All right, so rowdy. And if they—and if they lose this afternoon, I'm going on a Brewer hiatus. I'm not watching them. And if this—if this bus trip actually gets finalized and we go. Guess what? We're not going to purchase tickets. We're just getting the bus to and from, <laughs> we're, just, we're, just and the we're parking getting lot. a
0: pass for the parking lot. We're in the parking lot and partying with Smithworks, which we're drinking right now. So, Rowdy, it was last week Don Mattingly was asked essentially about modern-day baseball, what's happening right now. Don Mattingly, obviously, been around the block for quite some time, manager of the Marlins. He uh, you know, he was asked about all the no-hitters thrown. There hasn't been a no-hitter thrown since last week, correct? They're still sitting at six, I think. Remember, if you do the math, it was
2: one every eight point and change days, so we're probably getting pretty close to the next no
0: hitter. Watch the Brewers get no hit today. All right, anyways, here's Don Mattingly. Uh, he was asked about all of the no hitters being thrown in baseball, and he was kind of asked about how you know baseball is now. The either hit a home run or strike out. The exit velocity, the launch angle, et cetera, et cetera. Now I'm not calling, as Rowdy said, for bunting every time you're up and doing this, doing that. But look at the San Diego Padres, how they manufactured runs against the Brewers. The Two, two days, uh, not last night, but the day before, the game before, they stole the bases six times. They've done that
2: twice this and season, I, six times. And I read it off. Not only are they a top-ten team in batting average, not only are they a top-five team when it comes to hitting home runs, but they're a top team when it comes to stealing bases. They are doing it with every single facet of the game. How it's supposed to be played. So... Here's comments from Don Mattingly. Oh, and real quick before you play those. Like you said, we're not about bunting every single at bat or every single situation that it may call for. No, We're not into playing small ball or stealing bases every time someone gets on base. But the same thing with
0: launch angle,
2: it's good for some players. Totally. It's not good for every player.
0: All right, so Rowdy, this might be the Smithworks um, beverages talking here. But correct me if I'm wrong. How many times did the Brewers last night have runners at second and or third with no outs or you know one out, and then come up empty-handed?
2: Multiple times. But could you imagine a hitting coach telling someone like Wade Boggs or Tony Gwynn, "I think you need to change your swing. I think you need to change your launch angle"?
0: Huh. All right. Here is comments. The extremely built up. Got to have a little foreplay. Got to flick the nips a bit. Here is here is Don Mattingly. Talking about all the no hitters already being thrown and the state of baseball in general uh, right now.
3: Oh, absolutely. If a guy throws a no no, it's great for us. Yeah. I'm just looking at, I'm talking about it more in the, you asked me, but I thought about him. Yeah. He's no hitters. I think in general at, in the game, I think that's really more of the talk is that, you know, where where does this get better? Because it's great for your team when a guy throws a no no, it's great for that guy. It's a great accomplishment, right? Mm-hmm. But when there's so many so early, you know, strikeouts are at an all time high, things like that. So it tells you that there are some issues within the game that, that need to be addressed. And they, they're, they're going to take a while because it started 15, 16 years ago with the, you know, the swing changes and the philosophy changes uh, with all the, you know, the analytics of the three run Homer and all that stuff. And, so it, it's, it's been coming and it's been building, and now we're at a point where it's, I think it's getting so much more attention because it's just a game that uh, sometimes is unwatchable. You know, you see guys you talk to and they don't even like watching games because there's nothing that goes on in them. And there this is go. coming. There's Don from, Manning. That's Don, Don Mattingly.
2: The guy that is a borderline Hall of Famer.
0: The game has become unwatchable. Yeah. And he manages it. And he watches every game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then to your point, okay, I get it. We had some comments from Craig Council. They had guys on base earlier in the game in the early innings where guys came up and they didn't perform. They didn't get hits. Obviously, the Brewers were one for 10 with runners in scoring position. What seems like every freaking night. Yep. But if you just go to the ninth and 10th inning, oh there God. are a few things where honestly, I know that there have been people that have said on podcasts that have been in you know front offices of Major League Baseball that say Craig Council is one of the more old school guys left in the game. I know we've had Seth McClung say that. I know there have been other people that are in the same type of jobs that have said, no, they're all about analytics and statistics. And they're just basically a puppet for the front office. And whatever I've heard, the front I've heard office that. W- I've heard that. Basically, if you've watched Moneyball, it's like uh, what they made their manager into. Yeah. I've heard both. Well uh, right now, I honestly take your statistics, take your analytics and everything, and shove it up your butt. Because it's obviously not
0: working. Can I say it? Take your analytics. What'd you say? Take your analytics and what? And your statistics. Take your analytics, take your analytics, bend over and stick that thing right up where the sun don't shine in your ass. Because I got two issues here. In I'll the say ninth it. inning, Someone in the ninth
2: inning, you have Lorenzo Kane get a single you have Christian Yelich walk, and you guys have you have two guys on first and second, nobody out. Manny Pina. What do we know about Manny Pena Who is he for the Brewers? The pineapple. He's the defensive catcher. Yeah, in and what I want to put in quotes there is defensive, quote unquote defensive catcher. Why is he not laying down a bunt? <laughs> I've seen the man lay down a bunt before. I know he can do it. I've all, of seen a sudden, all of a sudden, you now have guys at second and third for Keston here and Travis Shaw, which now, granted, Keston here struck out and Shaw lined out on a low liner that hung up just high enough. But why would you not have guys on second and third in the bottom of the ninth inning with one out and hope that, I don't know, We've seen plenty of wild pitches by the Brewers this year. Maybe it's a pass ball. Maybe there will be an error. Maybe one of the clowns will actually hit it to the outfield.
0: <laughs> the clowns.
2: I don't know. Lorenzo Cain's <laughs> pretty fast. Maybe one of them rolls over to second base. Mm. Put the ball in play. Put the ball Make in play. Make them have to put pressure on these teams. But there is one other thing that Craig Council, whatever numbers you guys are crunching, you're obviously not good at math. Because <laughs> why is Josh Hader... Continuing to be used in the ninth inning
6: when Routy's it's a tied getting a, game. Getting hot. I'm serious.
2: I'm serious in the tied game. Look at how hard it is now with the new rules of baseball. You start on second base. Josh Hader's the most shut-down, lights-out reliever there are in baseball. I literally was texting one of my buddies, and I said, you just watch. They're going to burn Hader in the ninth here. They're not going to score any runs in the bottom half. They're <laughs> going to throw out some bum in the tenth. He'll give up the run on second, and, Brent and Suter. they won't score. Brent Suter. That's exactly how it played out.
0: Roddy, why you you, you are have, inside the mind of Craig Council. Why would
2: you not have the bum start the ninth inning? Because hey, he doesn't have hey. anyone on base. Yeah, he that's can a, take that's his offensive to the bombs. Water bottle and get the hell out of town. That's offensive to the bums, Rowdy.
0: That's offensive to the bums. He's done. <laughs> this
2: stuff just gets
0: pent up in me. That's why I need to start recording my two minutes after so the I, game. So I was thinking of a new segment I wanted to do called "The World's Angriest Man," and it's where after a after a loss, Nelson immediately records everything that's on his mind, and then we'll replay it the next day after we edit out all the swear words. And I'll call it the world's angriest man, and Nelson will just rant. But seriously, much 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 like you just heard. Josh Hader should
2: be coming in, not in the ninth inning in a tie game, because it's new rules of baseball. It ain't the old old school baseball anymore. You have a runner starting on second. Rowdy, you're ready. You're... Every single time they bring in a bum,
0: they allow them to score <laughs> from second. <laughs> Every single time you bring in a bum! And I welcome in our guy, God's gift of sports. To everything. Rob Reichel. Robbie, good morning. Tell Nellie
5: that it's only three months till Badger football. That, oh. That's
0: going to get him in a better mood. Just wait till the Badgers play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game and then Nelson does this oh, all over boy. again. Yeah. Rob, that, that,
5: that, that, that's when all the fun
0: usually ends. Play- <laughs> or Northwestern. I'm playing Days and Confused right now, Robbie. Not for you, I mean, for you because you love Led Zeppelin, but kind of for Aaron Rodgers because that interview we had with Kenny Maine Monday night. It seemed like he was hitting some peyote or maybe some hippie lettuce or something and started talking about the people this, the people that. He seemed a little, you know, glazed over on his eyes, like maybe he was dazed and confused. What was your takeaway from that interview with Kenny Main?
5: Kind of looks like that strange neighbor who runs a meth lab in your, you know, <laughs> in your part of the world, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, he. <laughs> It. It. it, it I, I, first off, I'll give Kenny Mayne a lot of credit because he tried to ask. You know, through that nonsense, uh, Evo. He he really did try to ask a lot of the pertinent and important questions. I, I thought Mayne handled himself really well through that. The, the quarterback didn't help him out a whole lot, um, other than like you said, the 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 long rant he had at one point about culture. Um, you know, people being the most important thing inside an organization and maybe management had forgotten that and, and things to that effect, you know, like again, Evo, you, know, you know, me, I'm a straight shooter. Um, I, I like people who just tell the truth and say what's on their mind. I, 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 I have this with my wife, for example, I, I don't like sweeping problems under the rug. You just address them. You try to solve them and you move forward. Um, and that's, that, that's not how Aaron Rodgers operates in life. He He's vague. He's evasive. He's cryptic. Um, Things to that effect. I, I think. I, I think myself and a lot of other people would have loved him to stand up there, you know, on, on that call the other night with me and, and just say, "All right, this is what's bothering me about Kuda Koons, That's what's bothering me. This is what bothers me about Murphy. That's what bothers me." Or, or, or do it in some form at some point in time, whether it's McAfee and Hawk or or whatever it turns out to be. But you know, it's, it, 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 it's all this again, kind of. You know, just leaving us here to guess, which has always been kind of his mo. Ibo. You know, he he never fully addresses things. He takes backhanded shots at people. It's again, it's it's vague, it's cryptic, things to that effect. So it leaves you guessing on on a lot of things and having questions. Uh, just as many questions as w- when when something ends as is when it began. And I think that's how that's how a lot of us felt Monday night after that main interview. Again, it I mean. The the fact, Evo, he complimented everybody inside the organization except management. Certainly tells you where his beef is, but you know, none of us still know exactly what that beef is because if it if it, if it does come down to. Jordan Love getting drafted and, and Jordy Nelson getting released when he averaged a yard and a half for, you know, a- after the catch his final season in green Bay and Jake Kumro getting released who who had one catch last season. I, I think we're all going to kind of roll our eyes at that, but if it's, if it's a lot deeper than that, then maybe Aaron's got some points, but again, we're left to guess on a lot of that stuff because the quarterback doesn't address certain issues.
0: Yeah, Rob Reister joining us right now. Rob, I also have to let you know, inform you this, Nelson has just left the studio. I don't know if his ticker is bothering him or if he's got to pee, but I am a little concerned for our little rowdy over there as he is uh, knocking on desk door, Rob, with his with his, his uh, impending heart attack, I think. And I don't know. Just have,
5: nine, just have 911 on speed dial. Well, he
0: told me not to resuscitate him. What is? I feel like I'm obligated to. Is that like a legality thing? I feel like I have to. All right, so we'll, we'll figure <laughs> that out, Rob. Anyways. Let him go to a
5: happier place than, I guess,
0: Evo. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. It is a happier place for him. I don't know what's beyond, in the great beyond, but I think it's happier for Nelson out there. All right, Rob. Um, so the, the whole Rogers thing, yeah, it was like people this, people that. It's like, dude, you make more money than everyone combined that's in management, like you make more money than God, and you're talking about how corporations are bad and and people are good and this and that and that. I just like I'm like, what are you trying to say? Like, what are you even talking about? You make more money than all of them, and also they're trying to like l- the roster's better than when uh, Ted Thompson was here than when Brian Gutekunst got. It. He made it better. Like, what do you want from the organization?
5: And that's what we're all left to ask and kind of wonder, right, Evo? And, and it, 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 I, I,
0: I will say this.
5: He certainly didn't seem like a guy ready to come back to Green Bay at any time no. soon. I mean, I, 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 I turned that off and, you know, wrote my story after transcribing quotes and whatever, you know, thinking to myself, he seems like a guy who's, who's just kind of gone. He, he's not coming back, you know, coming, quote unquote, home back, you know, back to Green Bay. I mean, if he'll sell his house. He'll. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll move on to that next phase if, you know, if, if if the Packers allow that to happen. But again, the important thing to remember in this is, you know, Rodgers doesn't have any power and control in this situation, Evil. Yeah, can't Goody say, I got your watch.
0: ass for three years?
5: Yeah, I mean, and certainly one... Um, you know the 2021 season, and and then Green Bay can probably move on without any real impending harm to the cap. You saw yesterday it's going to go up to over 208 million a year from now, so it's going to take about a 15 percent jump, which is great news for the league and great news for the Packers and and everybody like that out there. But the bottom line is, you know, for this particular season, Evo, if you know if Murphy and Gudakunst and those and those guys choose not to trade him. His only option is either to show up or, or sit the year out or potentially retire, I guess. But, um, you know, again, he, he's trying to change the timeline on all this. You know, the, the Packers timeline was to have Jordan Love under center by 2022. Aaron is trying to change that and, and make a point in the process. And, and along the way, I think almost try to embarrass the organization, Evo, you know, that this, this is almost his punishment. To them for, for drafting Jordan Love, even though he says Jordan is a great kid and, and he liked working with him and this and that. Um, I get it. It's not personal with Love, but it is with Gudikunst so and this is his way of punishing him for, for making that draft pick. You know, whether, whether you think that's right or wrong, I guess, I guess is your opinion. I personally think it's childish. He's a 38 year old man. You know, when, when, when New England drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, what did Tom Brady do every day, Evo? He showed up and he kicked his tail, right? Yeah. And and eventually they had to trade Jimmy Garoppolo because Brady was clearly still the better player, and he he just kept winning and winning Super Bowls, right? Yeah. And and Aaron and Aaron doesn't do that. He hasn't chosen that path. Instead, he's kind of you know he, he's kind of taking this I'm gonna you know this approach of I'm taking my football and going home deal. And, um, you know, personally, I don't have a lot of respect for that. Um, I, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest, I, you know, I, I know from talking to yourself and a lot of radio show guys around the states and seeing some of these polls, it certainly doesn't seem like the majority of the state is siding with Aaron Rodgers in this one either. So um it, it seems like most of them, you know, side side with management and Brian Gutekunst on this one. So, again, Evo, I, I think we're in for a, for a long stare down here. I, I sure. think this is going to drag close to training camp and maybe longer. It's almost like when you play a game with, you know, with, with your buddy who's going to blink first. And, oh, a um, little chicken? A little bit of chicken, you betcha. I, You know, I we'll, we'll see who does. Um I, it's, it, it it's going to be fascinating, and, and, and I just I have a bad feeling, Eball, because I, I think we're all tired of this already. Um, I have a bad feeling we're still going to be talking about this in July.
0: God, Rob, I have a uh, scene in my head right now. I'm thinking of uh, the chicken with tractors in the movie Footloose. It's Brian Gutekunst on one tractor and uh, Aaron Rodgers on the other, who blinks first. But I have good news for you, Rob. Nelson is back, and he still is living, so we didn't send him to the great beyond. Nellie, you good? Just a bathroom break. All right, he had to just exercise some demons, Rob. But let me ask you this. In Packers OTAs, I know it's voluntary. I get it. Uh, but some players are leaving a lot of money on the table. Five of the six Packers wide receivers did not show up. Devontae Adams leaves half a million dollars on the table. Devin Funches, who you wonder if he's ever even gonna step foot in the facilities of Green Bay. He leaves five, uh, five or uh, fifty thousand dollars on the table, excuse me. And then you have Kenny Clark who showed up saying, Well, I want to get my money. And Kenny Clark just got paid mad money with his extension. What's up? Should we be concerned with these wide receivers? Or is it like a faction growing? Are they Team Rodgers? Or is this just, hey, it's voluntary workouts, let's not make a big deal of it?
5: No, I mean, it's significant money to some of these guys. I mean, you think about Funches, right, who already opted out last year, and, um, you know, he he was hurt the previous year. A guy like that should have, have a lot to prove. I, You know, none of us know for sure, Evo, if this was orchestrated or not by the quarterback, and, and, and he encouraged them to, to stay out. And, and like you said, they're Team Rogers, and, and they chose to do this as a group. Um I don't think we can fully connect the dots to make that assumption at, at, at this point in time, but it, but it certainly is, you know, it raises a lot of flakes of, of, of you know, exactly. Are they all in on this together and in, you know, in, in, in these cahoots in some way, shape or form. Um, yeah. You know, kudos to guys like Clark Evo and, yeah. you know, the, the, the Smiths who were both there. And I mean, guys who, who, who do get their big B, you know, to, who do have their bonuses tied into this. I, I was certainly surprised, at, at, at the you know at, at, at the wide receivers not showing up, um, it, 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 it's really interesting. You know the good news I think honestly though for for Packer Nation, Evo, is is Jordan Love still looks pretty sharp. And again, it, it's shorts and um, you know it's it, it's mostly. Hey, it looks better than wearing stuff. a
0: tracksuit, Rob. It Looks better than a tracksuit,
5: a hundred percent. And you know it you know the ball was coming out of his hands quickly and and sharp and and with a lot more velocity. I think that than a year ago, you know, even throwing to guys like, you know, Reggie Beggleton and Robert Tanyan and, and and just people like that, you know, he, he, he still looked dramatically better than a year ago, Evo. And, you know, it, it, it's gonna be fascinating to watch because if 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 you can you can come out of these OTAs and camps and, and certainly training camp, Evo, and, and have a feeling if a guy can play or not. And if he's taken that big step it's going to give the Packers additional leverage in in this whole thing with with Aaron Rodgers, and, and probably speeds up the, the the timeline in terms of of when they would potentially trade him. So you know, J- Jordan Love and his performance in this whole thing is huge along the way.
0: Yeah, Rob Reisler joining us right now, Forbes.com, Conley Media as well. Rob, this is uh, this story is just <laughs> it's just getting <laughs> nauseating, dude. But how about what about this? I know Rodgers related. What do you think of the match Rogers and Dechambeau versus uh, Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson is this uh, is is this just kind of like poking fun at Packer fans being like Rogers will commit to playing uh, the match but he won't say anything about Green Bay?
5: Yeah, you know, I'll I'll just say this. Anytime you have Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers and anything, I'll, I'll, I'll take
0: Brady. So. <laughs> <Robbie>. <laughs> All right, Rob. Uh, I got to let you go, man, up against the break here. We always appreciate your time, as always. We'll continue along at Forbes.com, Conley Media as well. It's nice hearing you on the Bill Michael Show last week. Or was that last week? Or was that this week?
5: Uh, two or three days ago, I think. They, yeah. all, they all kind of blur together in this Aaron Rodgers, mess.
0: The more, think. Rob, Rashell I hear, the happier I am. And, Rob, any words of advice for Nelly, uh before uh, I let you go when it comes to his uh, ticker, his heart in the Milwaukee Brewers? Yeah, Besides football season coming what, up?
5: May 27th or whatever we're at today, Nelly needs to take about two weeks off of the Brewers because they have 100 games left or 110 <laughs> or wherever they're at right now in their season. <laughs> if you, you try to watch that kind of team – Night in and night out, you you are going to end up in the ER because that's that 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 that's an organization that has given our state nothing but frustration for fifty years. So Nellie needs a couple of weeks off and join him again in mid June.
0: Well, Rob, thankfully we've got a three day weekend coming up, so you have yourself a uh, nice little extent. Well, I guess you probably never stopped writing those articles, eh? You got any big plans this weekend?
5: <sighs> yeah, th- th- things never really do stop. Think of where we were a year ago, though, Evo. Right? Yeah. Thank God we're thank God we're 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 all planning. You know. Barbecues and festivities and and running around a little bit this weekend versus 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 a year ago, right? We've yeah. we've, we've we've taken dramatic strides. No, it'll it, it, it'll 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 we're, we're staying local. We'll 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 just do the basic cookout. Maybe go nice. out a couple of times, kind of weekend. What's going
0: on in Madison? Fun well, stuff. Rob, I'm getting out of Dane County. Screw Dane County, dude. I'm going. I'm getting out to the beautiful Rock County. I just got a boat, so I'm gonna be out in my uncle's cabin on the Rock River, Lake Koshkonong, maybe boating. So as I'm out on my boat. Um, it's blue. So I called it, uh, my wife doesn't approve of the name. I called it the, the she blew me B L U E. My wife's not approving of it, but as I'm out on the boat, Rob, I'll be reading your fantastic articles at Forbes.com. Okay.
5: That's fantastic. You enjoy that new boat. <laughs> I, I, and, I, and I love the name. Your wife will get on board eventually.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Have a good one brother. See you pal. There he is. Rob <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people very one side or the other when it comes to Colin coward. I like Colin coward. I, you know, I like how he stirs the pot. I'm a, I'm a pot stirrer myself. But he had Alex Smith on. And if you remember correctly, Alex Smith was drafted where Rodgers, wherever thought Rodgers was going to go, number one, right? So Alex Smith is goes to the Niners. Rodgers eventually falls to the Green Bay Packers. The rest is history. Alex Smith, you know, not the same kind of career like Rodgers had. But Alex Smith was talking about Aaron Rodgers and how the Packers – have been tweeting number 12. Very interesting comments, and I, I know you listened to this. Did you find them insightful before I play them from Alex Smith? What did you think of these comments before I don't I don't know if I
2: would use the word insightful, but definitely interesting. Because I'm a guy... I don't, How do you feel... Well, first off, how do you feel about Alex Smith as a quarterback?
0: As a quarterback, I... I feel like he's like a step above a game manager as a quarterback. But then you go with the story of him and him coming back, his leg almost amputated, like he almost died. And just the fact that he was able to work his way back from almost having his leg lobbed off. To then you know getting it done kind of for the Washington football team incredible story like the the heart of a champion right Rowdy like yeah like, was a competitor
2: and all that stuff is nice and it's kind of side pieces for me because yeah. it's the end of his career yeah. and it was a nasty injury it's a feel that's, good story that's all great feel good story I actually think Alex Smith was a good quarterback like like back in his day like he didn't reach Aaron Rodgers height yeah, he's and good not always great going to be compared. But I thought that guy got the short end of the stick so many different times, and that's coming from a guy that was drafted number one overall. Because if you remember... The Niners were so bad. He was drafted by the Niners, and that was... Obviously, they were looking for a quarterback after Joe Montana, after Steve Young, after those handful of years from uh, Jeff Garcia where they got really good play. It was like they were looking for that quarterback for forever. He was supposed to be the guy. And I thought he did a... A serviceable nice job with what they had in San Francisco and then he gets if you remember he gets displaced by Colin Kaepernick because if you remember at that time the spread option all those RPO reads yeah was like the thing that no one could stop yeah and obviously Colin Kaepernick had the skill set to run that offense really well mm-hmm. so he gets kind of displaced he goes to Kansas City plays really well there in my opinion like like you said he's never great he was never the Brady I think he's a step Rogers. above a game
0: manager he'd be a good quarterback then
2: but but in my opinion he was like borderline top 10 quarterback for that whole time and then all of a sudden he gets to Kansas City and Who's there? Who do they draft after uh, a few years? It's Patrick (laughs) Patrick Mahomes, who obviously has the skill set to unseat him and a lot of other quarterbacks that would have been in front of him. And then he gets to Washington, and then we know about that first year where he has the nasty leg injury, comes back, and and that's the career. But overall, I thought at San Francisco and Kansas City, he was a really good quarterback for a long time.
0: Yeah, so here is He's just a winner. Yeah, I mean, he gets it done, and he got the football team to the playoffs after almost having his leg... Lobbed off. Alex Smith talks here of the treatment of the Packers towards Aaron Rodgers. Calls it inexcusable. Here is Alex Smith. And you'll hear Coward, too. Question. How surprised are you
6: how ugly Aaron Rodgers and the Packers has become? Surprised? It's inexcusable. It's absolutely in. Inex- I, I think. What do you mean? How they ever got to this point I mean, Aaron's been there 16 years, what he's given to that organization and been there, and for them, I think, to, to what happened last year during the draft, and, and, and I am gonna talk to Aaron about this, so I don't want to like put words in his mouth, but clearly to watch the interview and him talk about it, it's about the people, and it is, and Aaron's been there that long, and I don't think it was the fact that they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. I mean, I think it's the fact that you just – how do you have a guy like Aaron and you don't go make sure beforehand you aren't – going out of your way to make sure that he knows that he's loved that they want him there that we may be taking a quarterback in the first round we want to make sure you're okay with it this is maybe what we're doing we're thinking i mean how you haven't treated him the right way leading up to that and to the fact that from my understanding it's kind of like it was a bit of an unknown a bit blindsided you know you go from potentially thinking you may be taking a receiver you know you're you're thinking you're a move away from the super bowl right and then blindsided with a pick. I just don't understand an organization. He, how is he? Not, you have how you haven't addressed that beforehand when you make a move like that, and really made sure that everything is is tightened up and everybody's feeling good about that. Because if it's not, you're not doing it. In my opinion, you're just not. You're just, it's just not the way you you run a business. It's not the way you're treating people. Um, 16 years this guy's been there. You he were on the doorstep of the the Super Bowl. And you don't go out of your way to communicate that and to show that he's, you know, that hey, you're wanted. This may be something we're doing. Sorry, and you know, but like you you don't make sure that everybody's on the same page and feeling good about that. I think, you know, it's not just football; that's any business or team.
0: Okay, so the we the people comments again. The people comments again. Obviously, Alex Smith watched the interview with Kenny Mayne.
2: If you watch the entire, because that was about half of the little clip. Yeah, there's more. If you watch the entire thing, I think what what he's talking about when he says people are like the people within the organization, as in the players, like the Aaron Rodgers that are out on the field. Yeah. But when Aaron Rodgers said it on Kenny Maine, he made it almost sound more like the fans, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: well, here's the thing. I mean, Brian Gutekunst is nowhere near obligated to call Aaron Rodgers to be to get the blessing on his draft picks. Like, that's not Rodgers' job. That's Brian Gutekunst's job. But to Alex Smith's point when you're there for 16 years, you're knocking on the doorstep two years in a row in an NFC Championship game, and you go and you draft, well, I guess this time it was only one NFC Championship game with Matt LaFleur, and you draft the quarterback, it would send a shock, obviously, to Aaron Rodgers. He had to have four fingers of tequila after the, the draft pick came down.
2: Not everything is black and white, and I think this is one of the instances where it's not. Because, one, I'm with you. I don't think that Brian Gutekunst needed to tell Aaron Rodgers. like He didn't have to tell Aaron Rodgers they were going to do it. I think he probably should Should have have. done that for the relationship and everything. But I don't think it was a must where he must tell Aaron Rodgers they're doing this. And also when you look at it from Aaron Rodgers side, I don't think Aaron Rodgers needs to be such a soft little turd about it either because he did the exact same thing. That he
0: needed to do and come out and ball out in 2020 and basically say, this is my well, that's, job. That's what Rodgers did. He let, he let us play, do the speaking after they drafted Jordan Love. We won the MVP. Now he's out in Hawaii trying to like stick it to the Brian Gutekunst and the Packers for taking Jordan Love. Despite him saying he loves Jordan Love and he loves blah, 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 blah. This is... Do you think Ted Thompson called Brett Favre to be like, "Yo, hey Brett, we're t- we're drafting Rogers. He's here. He fell to us. We're gonna take him." No, well, they didn't do that. Well, another thing with with Rogers, if he
2: wants to use the Jordan Love pick as a chip on his shoulder, his chip's got to be Jordan Love's never taken a snap for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, because,
6: because if if I'm the man
2: this well for this long. I'm aging him out of his contract. Yeah.
0: He's never going to be an issue. So when Rob Reichel was on, I don't know if you had stepped out at this point, Rowdy, but Rob Reichel was talking about when the Patriots drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady showed up every day to the voluntary OTAs and just buried Jimmy Garoppolo in practice to say, this is my team. This is my play. I will be the starter till the end of time because Tom Brady is timeless. Tom Brady went and just did it. Aaron Rodgers, he did it. Right, MVP won it, got to another you know NFC championship well, game, but then he absconded away. It's a beautiful mystery. I'm gonna go to Hawaii now and hang out, with Sh- dump Danica, and engage the shade don't even
2: Woodley. I don't even care about him showing up to the voluntary stuff because we know he's good, and we've known he's good. It's
0: you're like for decades. It's like you're tucking your tail between your legs and running away. That oh my god, they drafted someone. I gotta go run away to Hawaii. All,
2: all it had to take was afterwards. Hey, we like this guy. You know. Obviously, we thought something... You know what I mean? Almost like for Brian Gutekunst and Aaron Rodgers in the front office to come together and say, hey, that's on us. We made a mistake. We fell in love with the guy. We say we never do that, but we did.
0: Yeah. And... Just apologize. Outside of... No, don't apologize.
2: Outside of that, it's like, Brian Gutekunst has only made the team better. Now, we don't necessarily agree with every single move he's made. No one will. The only guy that would agree with him is himself. That's why he made the moves. (laughs) Yes. But uh, you can't say that he's putting you on a lesser team that what you took over. And I feel like a lot of this pent up aggression is, is from over time with Ted
0: Thompson. It's cuts cuts by it's a death by a thousand cuts
2: because you could, we can all look at the drafts and look at some of the personnel moves and say post 2014, 15 Ted Thompson's drafts got real old and real stale. And the players he brought in weren't anyone. And those rosters were terrible. But ever since then, 2000, what, 2017 and 18, Brian Gutekunst has come in, has elevated the team, has made the team a deeper roster. He, he totally he's is. not perfect by any means. He's no not the GM best is. GM in football by any means, but he's been above average and he's been a plus for the Packers. It just it, it's just like a little
0: kid running away. Like, I don't get my way, so I'm gonna go pout about it. That's that's what
2: it feels like. And and again, this this year, they re signed Aaron Jones for him.
0: Dave, they, David Bockyari. They, they
2: could have let Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones walk, and then you have a guy that showed out for one game as a rookie. Yeah. Now being almost the only guy left on your roster, they did go out and draft Amari Rogers. Now, granted, for some people, they would have wished they would have used a higher draft pick.
0: Sure, but but, I, I, but at some point you have. Did to you say, see? Did you see that story that uh, the Packers and GM or Brian Gutekunst was going to draft Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver? And then he got scooped a couple of picks before the Packers. Like, Gutekunst was, like, in love with him. Did you see that yesterday?
2: Well, and it's and it's all preference. It's like, okay, I wanted a, a different receiver in round one than I'm sure Ryan Gutekunst did, but the guy down the street probably wanted a different yeah. receiver than us did. Obviously, he's got the job, but at least they attempted with Amari Rodgers. For sure. All right, and, and it wasn't the pick that they wanted. I'm sure it probably wasn't Aaron Rodgers' pick, but you can't say he's not trying and you can't say he's failing. Yeah.
5: <laughs>